Welcome to Line B, Use Tools and Equipment by Camosun College, used under CC BY. The Trades Access Common Core resources are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0. The materials in these learning guides are for use by students and instructional staff and have been compiled from sources believed to be reliable and to represent best current knowledge on these subjects. These audio resources are intended to serve as a starting point for good practices and may not specify all minimum legal standards. No warranty, guarantee, or representation is made by the BC Piping Trades Articulation Committee, the British Columbia Industry Training Authority, BC Campus, or the Queen's Printer of British Columbia as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information contained in these publications. These audio resources are intended to provide basic guidelines for piping trades practices. Do not assume, therefore, that all necessary warnings and safety precautionary measures are contained in this publication and that other or additional measures may not be required. To learn more about BC Campus Open Education, visit www.open.bccampus.ca. Use Access Equipment Section 1 Describe Ladders and Elevated Platforms the safe use of ladders and working platforms is required in all types of construction. Ladders and elevated work platforms must meet applicable CSA or ANSI standards. Workplace regulations have set minimum standards for the production, assembly, and use of ladders and working platforms. WorkSafe BC publishes occupational health and safety regulations concerning ladders and elevated platforms. Part 13, which can be found at www.worksafebc.com forward slash en forward slash law policy forward slash occupational health safety. WorkSafeBC also publishes guidelines to help workers understand and comply with these regulations. It is your responsibility to be familiar with these regulations. Types of ladders. There are three basic types of ladder. The step ladder, single, or straight ladder and extension ladder. Step ladders and extension ladders are usually manufactured. Single ladders may be manufactured or built on the job site. Step ladders. Step ladders are self-supporting, meaning that they do not need to lean against a structure. They need to be placed on a level surface and are not to be used as means to access other platforms or landings. Step ladders are available in a wide range of sizes, styles, and materials. The longest step ladder readily available is 6 meters or 20 feet. They are hinged at the top and can be folded flat for easy transport. When using step ladders, take the following precautions. Fully spread the legs of the step ladder. Lock the spreaders at each side so that the legs cannot open or close during use. Never stand on the top two steps. Never use the fold-down shelf near the top of the ladder as a step. Single or straight ladders. Manufactured single ladders have rungs, a round crosspiece, typically metal, but jaw-built ones have cleats, typically a flat strip of wood. Before using a jaw-built ladder, make yourself familiar with the relevant workplace regulations. 
When the ladder has rungs or cleats, the following regulations typically apply. Lumber for all components shall be construction grade number two grade and better. Plywood may not be used for any ladder component. Side rails shall be 38 to 89 millimeters or 2 to 4 inches for ladders up to 5 meters or 16 feet long. Side rails shall be 38 to 140 millimeters or 2 to 6 inches for ladders up to 7.3 meters or 24 feet long. Cleats shall be 19 to 64 millimeters, 1 inch to 3 inch for ladders up to 5 meters or 16 feet long. Cleats shall be 19 to 89 millimeters, 1 inch to 4 inches, or ladders over 5 meters or 16 feet, to 7.3 meters or 24 feet long. Do not notch the side rails to receive cleats. Nail the cleats to the narrow edges of the side rails. Fill the spaces between the cleats with close-fitting, well-secured fillers of the same thickness as the cleats. The distance between side rails shall be between 380 millimeters or 15 inches and 500 millimeters or 20 inches. Space the cleats at 300 millimeters or 12 inch centers. Nail cleats made of 19 by 64 millimeters, 1 by 3 material with 257 millimeter or 2 and a quarter inch nails at each end. Nail cleats made of 19 by 89 millimeters or 1 by 4 material with three 57 millimeter or two and a quarter inch nails at each end. Extension ladders. An extension ladder is similar to a single ladder. The extension ladder has two or three sections that are overlapped, allowing it to reach variable heights. Brackets that rest on rungs of lower sections support the higher extending sections. The area where the sections are still in contact with one another is referred to as the overlap section. Longer extension ladders require a longer overlap for strength. Grade 1 extension ladders with two sections may be up to 18 meters or 60 feet long. Grade 1 extension ladders with three sections may extend up to 22 meters or 72 feet. Minimum required overlap is 1 meter or 39 inches or ladders extending up to 11 meters or 36 feet. Minimum required overlap is 1.2 meters or 4 feet for ladders extending to between 11 meters or 36 feet and 15 meters, 48 feet. Minimum required overlap is 1.5 meters or 5 feet for ladders extending to between 15 meters or 48 feet and 22 meters, 72 feet. Types of elevated platforms. A safely erected scaffold, for example, provides a stable platform for workers to complete their work. Powered platforms such as scissor lifts must only be used by trained personnel. Scaffolds. Workplace regulations do not give specifications for scaffolding accessories such as welded scaffold brackets or ladder jack scaffolds. Many scaffolding accessories available have been tested in accordance with CSA standards and are approved for use as construction work platforms. Accessories that are custom built must be designed by a registered professional engineer and must be certified that they are safe for use. It is the employer's responsibility to ensure that scaffolds used by workers are in a safe condition and able to withstand the load regardless of who erected the scaffold. Scaffold construction and use. Only trained workers must construct and dismantle scaffolds. 
Do not use damaged materials or weakened scaffold parts when erecting a scaffold. When dismantling a scaffold, carefully remove each component. Pass the removed parts down to a coworker by hand and use a tool bag to safely raise or lower small components from high elevations to the ground. Remove any nails or other fasteners that might be a hazard. It is the employer's responsibility to ensure that scaffolds used by workers are safe, but before using any scaffold, a responsible worker must always inspect it. Take care not to overload the scaffold. Scaffolds are designed to support only workers and a suitable amount of material. Stockpiling of material is not recommended unless the scaffold is specifically designed to support the additional load. Knowing how to assemble and use a steel scaffold safely does not guarantee freedom from accidents while working on one. Watch your step and be prepared to hold onto something if you were to lose your balance. Erecting scaffolds. Scaffolds are not permanent structures. Scaffolds need to be assembled and disassembled quickly. Despite the temporary nature of scaffolds, they are structures, so they should be erected on proper foundations, be laid out properly, and be built to specific tolerances. Foundations. Scaffolds are used to access many different work areas, some very large and high. Like any structure, a scaffold needs an adequate foundation. A scaffold is a temporary structure, so usually there are no excavation or concrete footings. The foundation for a scaffold is usually a heavy wooden plank called a mudsill. Layout. Larger scaffolds require approved plans and specifications to follow during construction. Build smaller wooden scaffolds to the specifications laid out in the OHS regulation. In any case, whether the scaffold is the layout of the base of the scaffold is critical. The scaffold will be unstable if the base of the scaffold is not square or not to the correct dimensions. Tolerances. The tolerances for the construction of a scaffold are the same as for other structures. For pre-manufactured scaffolds, the overall dimensions are set by the dimensions of the scaffold frames or components. Tube and clamp or job-built wooden scaffolds are capable of being built to any dimension. The dimensions of these scaffolds should meet the tolerances shown in the specifications for their design. The usual tolerance for out of plumb is 6 millimeters in 3 meters, quarter inch in 10 feet, to a maximum of 38 millimeters, inch and a half, overall. Mud sills. When erecting scaffolds supported by the ground, the vertical supports must rest on a solid base. Where the ground is soft or the bearing pressure is great, spread the load over a larger area of the ground with a wood mud sill under each vertical support. If a mudsill is placed under a single upright, it should be built from plywood with dimensions of 38 millimeters by 300 millimeters by 300 millimeters or 2 by 10 by 10 long. It is preferred to have continuous sills and if not possible, use a sill supporting two uprights or lastly, a single sill. Sills must be level. Plumb and level. Horizontal scaffold supports must be level and vertical scaffold supports must be plumb. This is required for aesthetic as well as for structural reasons. A scaffold that looks good and is straight is a mark of a professional tradesperson and is usually safer. Scaffold stability. A freestanding scaffold that is more than three times higher than its minimum base dimension must be fastened to the building or supported by other means. 
guardrail, and tow boards. A standard guardrail must be installed if the working surface of the scaffold is more than 3 meters or 10 feet above the surrounding ground. The standard guardrail shown in figure 4 is for a steel frame scaffold, but the dimensions relating to this type of guardrail would apply to all scaffolds. Fiber or wire ropes may not be used as guardrails or intermediate rails unless permission has been received from the Workers' Compensation Board prior to their erection. Tow boards prevent tools, materials, or equipment from falling off the scaffold platform. Figure 5 shows how they are installed around the open sides of scaffolds. Tow boards must extend 100 millimeters or 4 inch in height above the work platforms and must have no more than 13 millimeters or half inch clearance between their low edges and the work platforms. Tow boards may be omitted at the access openings. Scaffold planks. Scaffold planks are the work surface of the scaffold. They must be treated with care. Before being installed, each scaffold plank, new or old, must be inspected. If the strength of any plank is in question, they must be tested. Lumber grades, types, and sizes for scaffold planks. Most regulations require that sawnwood scaffold planks be select structural scaffold plank lumber meeting national lumber grades. Authority grading rules or equivalent. These planks must show the appropriate grade stamp. Most sawmills no longer produce planks of this grade. Therefore, compliance with this regulation is no longer possible. Most workplace regulations allow the following alternatives to using select structural scaffold plank lumber. For a 3 meter or 10 foot span, a double layer of 38 by 235 millimeters or 2 by 10 dress planks one on top of the other with no need to nail or glue them together, graded number two or better. Precautions must be taken where scaffold planking overlaps for continuous runs, as the 75 millimeter or three inch height differential may create a tripping hazard. Alternatively, a single thickness of rough sawn plank having actual dimensions of 48 by 251 or inch and seven eighths by nine and a quarter inches, graded number two or better, can be used. For a 1.8 meter or 6 foot span, a single thickness of 38 by 235 millimeters or 2 by 10 dressed graded number 2 or better, hand pick scaffold planks for minimal knots and straight grain to ensure they are suitable for use as scaffold planks. Use only the following species of lumber or scaffold planks, Douglas fir or larch, hemlock or fir, spruce pine fir, Coast Sitka Spruce Rough lumber is stronger and provides a more slip-resistant surface. The difficulty with rough lumber is that usually it is not graded and therefore must be inspected visually for defects before using. All planks must be of uniform thickness. Manufactured planks Manufactured scaffold planks must be CSA approved. Job-built planks are not approved by WCB unless a registered professional engineer certifies them. A single manufactured extension staging, painter's plank, or type often used with a ladder jack scaffold may be used provided it supports only one worker. Testing scaffold planks. If scaffold material is not certified as tested prior to shipment to the job site, it must be field tested before use. To test scaffold planks, follow the procedures described in local workplace regulations. Plank platforms. 
Minimum work platform width is two planks or 500 millimeters, 20 inches. Openings may not be more than the width of one plank. The work platform is sloped. It must be slip resistant. Maximum slope is 600 millimeters or two feet vertical in three meters or 10 feet horizontal, which is a one to five slope. Plank support. Scaffold plank supports must be placed at every 3 meters or 10 feet for light work and at least every 2.1 meters or 7 feet for heavy work such as bricklaying and masonry. Planks must extend not less than 150 millimeters or 6 inches and not more than 300 millimeters or 12 inches beyond the supporting members. Scaffold types. There are three basic types of tubular steel and aluminum scaffolding. Welded steel frame system, all round, and tube and clamp system. Welded steel frame scaffold parts. On construction sites, welded steel frame scaffolds are the most widely used. They are often rented by the contractor for a specific job. When a large amount of scaffolding is required, there may be separate contract for erection and dismantling of the scaffolds. Figure 6 shows a typical welded steel frame scaffold. A welded steel scaffold has two parts, the end frame and the cross brace. Assembling two end frames and two cross braces forms a single basic unit, as shown below. The scaffold can be expanded upward or sideways by assembling several basic units adjacent to each other. Use coupler pins to align and secure the units. The scaffold frames must be level in both directions. Use leveling screw jacks if required. When the scaffold is more than one unit high, the basic units are secured to each other by coupler pins inserted through the end frames. Bolts may be needed to secure the pins in place. The entire scaffold should be able to be lifted with a crane without the frames coming apart. Cross bracing helps to keep the scaffold rigid. Basic units placed next to each other can be connected by cross bracing to form longer or higher units. Cross braces do not provide the required protection to be used as a guardrail. If the work platform is above 3 meters or 10 feet from the surrounding grade, guardrails that meet the OHS regulation must be installed. Secure steel scaffolds to the building structure at 6.4 meters or 21 foot intervals horizontally. The first vertical attachment to the building must be within three times the minimum base dimension, usually 4.6 meters or 15 feet and then every 6 meters or 20 feet after that. Adjustment for ground conditions. Whenever scaffolds are erected, they must be level and on a firm base. Soil should be well compacted to remove cavities. Uneven ground. If the ground is uneven, use screw jacks or adjustable base jacks to level the scaffold. Never use bricks, pallets, boxes, or building blocks to level the base of a scaffold. Soft ground. To prevent the vertical legs of the scaffold from sinking into soft surfaces, support them with mud sills. For long mud sills, use lumber no smaller than 38 by 235 millimeters or 2 by 10. If a mud sill is placed under a single upright, it should be built from plywood with dimensions of 38 by 30 by 300 millimeters or 1.5 by 12 by 12 inches. Use a base plate to spread the weight of the scaffold over the mud sill. Frozen ground. Do not put mud sills directly onto frozen ground. Dig out the frozen ground down to a firm bearing section, 
or have an engineer approve the conditions. Platforms. Planks used for a work platform of a manufactured scaffold are often manufactured to match the steel scaffolding. The plank shown below hooks over the horizontal bars of the end frames and usually has a minimum width of 508 millimeters or 20 inches. Manufactured planks must be designed to meet workplace regulations. If lumber planks are used instead of manufactured ones, they must be fitted with cleats to prevent them from sliding off the steel frames. Lumber planks must extend beyond the supports by at least 150 millimeters or 6 inches, but not more than 300 millimeters or 12 inches. Guardrails. Whenever the work platform is more than 3 meters or 10 feet above the ground, guardrails are required on all open sides of the scaffold platform. The guardrail unit consists of a top rail, an intermediate rail, and a tow board. The top rail is placed 1,020 to 1,120 millimeters or 40 to 44 inches above the platform. The intermediate rail is set halfway between the top rail and the tow boards. Guardrails can be erected at the top of steel scaffolding using manufactured guardrail posts and metal guardrails. When manufactured guardrail components are not available, add an additional unit of scaffolding to the top of the scaffold. Attach wooden guardrails to this added section. Guardrails must be installed at the ends of the platforms as well as the sides. Rolling scaffolds. A rolling scaffold is a steel scaffold fitted with casters so that it can be moved easily. With casters, even a heavy unit two or three frames high is easy to move. Rolling scaffolds must be used only on floors that are within three degrees of level and must be free of depressions and obstructions. Casters must be installed on steel scaffolds so that they cannot fall out if one end of the scaffold is lifted. All casters must be bolted to the frame. Casters must be fitted with locking devices or brakes to be used when workers are on the scaffold more than 3 meters or 10 feet above the floor level. Because the casters allow the basic unit to shift from corner to corner, horizontal cross brace called a sway brace is installed to give the unit some rigidity. The most common violation by users of rolling scaffolds is failing to install locking pins to secure the wheels in place. The pins are required to hold the wheels in place. Accidents have happened because one of the wheels fell out when the scaffold was rolled over a depression in the ground. All vertical frames must also be equipped with locking pins on the top and bottom of the coupler. Height of a rolling scaffold must not exceed three times the base dimension. Use outriggers to increase the base dimension and to allow for a higher freestanding scaffold. Moving rolling scaffolds. If the height of the platform exceeds one and a half times the minimum base dimension of a rolling scaffold, a worker on the work platform must not move the scaffold while on the scaffold. If the height of the platform exceeds two times the minimum base dimension of a rolling scaffold, a worker must not remain on the scaffold while it is being moved from below. Always cover floor openings and use curb protection when using rolling scaffolds. Follow the manufacturer's instructions precisely when erecting manufacturing scaffolds to avoid accidents. Powered Elevated Work Platforms Power elevated work platforms are used for ease of mobility. These types of lifts allow for access of different elevations and driving control. Scissor Lifts 
A scissor lift is a type of elevated platform that can be used to access high areas of work, multiple workers, and equipment. Most scissor lifts that are used in construction are mounted on rubber tires, either solid or pneumatic, that allow them to be transported to the worksite on trailers. The largest advantage to scissor lift is their ability to quickly move a load vertically. Linked folding supports connected in a crisscross pattern work to provide vertical movement of the platform. The upward motion is achieved by the application of pressure to the outside of the lowest set of supports, lengthening the crossing pattern and propelling the work platform vertically. The platform may also have an extending bridge to allow closer access to some work areas. The driving force of a scissor action is most often hydraulic, but can also be pneumatic or mechanical using a lead screw or rack and pinion system. Depending on the power system employed on the lift, it may require no power to enter descent mode, but rather a simple release of hydraulic or pneumatic pressure. This is the main reason that these methods of powering the lifts are preferred, as it allows a fail-safe option of returning the platform to the ground by release of a manual valve. Boom lifts. Boom lifts are often mounted on rubber pneumatic tires that are capable of operating on rough terrain. Also known as cherry pickers, they are widely used for maintenance and construction of all types, including extensively in the pipe trades industries. As with all power-operated elevated work platforms, proper training of safe op operating procedures is essential for all employees who will be working with this equipment. You must perform safety checks and log critical information daily. Check with local workplace regulations for other requirements. The bucket is designed for a person to stand in and work from. Often the person in the bucket has a duplicate set of controls that can be used at grade level, so they can position themselves. The working arms of some cherry pickers are capable of telescoping to adjust the reach of the device, usually with automatic safety controls to prevent tipping over. Articulated boom lifts, a highly maneuverable design, are more appropriate than stick booms when operating in tight spaces or when clearing nearby obstacles is necessary.